Hey everyone, Jason Torchinski here. And first, thanks for listening. Second, thanks to our new sponsor, Marble. Marble? We got we got a rock to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> no, David. Marble with a capital M. It's the only all-in-one app for managing your insurance policies and getting rewarded for it. Okay, all right. Well, I have a bunch of cars that I think they're all probably insured, so this could help. Probably not, but Marble's great. It's fast and it's easy to set up as it'll put all of your different insurance policies in one place for you. It's free, which we love around here, being cheapskates, and it will automatically alert you if your rates are going to increase, probably with some kind of really loud sound. Once you set it up, you don't have to do anything as it does it for you, like a robot trained to monitor insurance. And you get marbles, which you can redeem for rewards or use to donate to charity. A marble spewing robot. Whew, that sounds great. How many marbles did you get from it? I got, let's see, two, 900 marbles. Uh, what do you do with that many marbles? I just put them all on a Target gift card. Okay, what'd you do at Target? What'd you get? I got a big uh, crap load of Hot Wheels. I assume for uh, your child? Yeah, yeah, sure, for my child. Mm, okay, well, anyway, um, okay, that sounds good. I like Hot Wheels. Uh, where do I sign up? So you just go to joinmarble.co slash Autopian and you start adding your policies. And not only will you be supporting this podcast, you will also get rewarded just for being a real adult and keeping on top of your insurance. Joinmarble.co slash Autopian, is that right? Yes, David. That's joinmarble.co slash Autopian. Have you ever heard of Bob's the Oil Guy? Have you heard of this website? Bob? No, but I think I like them already. It is the most incredible website on the internet. It is a website that is visited by tens of thousands of people who just want to talk to each other about motor oil. That's it. They just want to talk about motor oil. Welcome to another episode of the Autopian Podcast. Bo Bachman, Jason Torchinski, and I, David Tracy, we're going to be talking about uh, stories that have done well on the Autopian, our website. Yeah, important. You should read. You should also listen to our podcast on Google, Apple, the Spotify. Spotify, Spotify? And then... What's that other thing called? Sure. Yeah. Swi- is it Switcher? Switch. It's like <laughs> Switcher. Yes. Anyway, if you have Which, it, you know it. That's the thing. Yeah, if you have thing. it, you know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That wherever you get your podcast, probably on floppy disk. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about all campers. We're gonna talk about uh, vans. Here. We want to talk about vans, baby. Oh yeah, vans. But most importantly, Torch is gonna go on a rant. Yeah, about something very important that uh, an injustice that's in the process of being committed to the American, uh, the global motoring consumer and one we as Utopians will not stand for. What have you been up to, Torch? Blogs on our website. I've been burning the midnight oil trying to keep the website up. And you've been what gallivanting around Tennessee? Kentucky? A little. Yes. So okay, so I went to Toyota had me out to drive the new crown and a Highlander and a Corolla. But the crown was the one we're interested in. I can't yeah. tell out what it was like to drive yet because I'm under embargo. But I can tell you oh, what it's such a tease. Like. Well, Torch, why are we interested in the crown? Okay, the crown's weird. I'll tell you why. Because it's it's basically the first crossover sedan 
to be put onto the market in modern times. Now, I feel like picture an AMC Eagle. AMC Eagle was like high riding four by four, but a sedan body. The crown is like the modern equivalent of that. It's a four by four well, all wheel drive, big wheels, like 21 inch wheels, but a three box sedan body where every other crossover is a wagon. This Actually, is a- this is not true, Torch. You just you, this is this is an inaccuracy. You what know, is- you know who else offers a crossover sedan? Bo Pol- happens to sell their products. Polestar. Polestar. Correct. Yeah. So, okay. So it's not just the crown. Well, the, the non-EV one. Crossover sedan. It's a little bit of a stretch, but okay. it's a little, but it's, but the weird, it's like the a sedan high, with like some ground. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. If you think what is a modern crossover, it's just a wagon that sits a little bit higher and has yeah. big wheels. That's it. Nobody's off-roading them. That's what the crown is. And it's the, the big, the key things I think aesthetically that are interesting about the crown is you can get it in two-tone, like red and black two-tone, which is actually, I think the only way to do it. And they, I think here's a mistake Toyota made. In Japan, the crown has a big chrome crown badge on the yes. horse. And it's I've awesome. It's hilarious. It's great. I love it. It's super blingy. They didn't bring it here and they just used the regular Toyota logo, which feels like a letdown to me. Can you buy maybe the, the, the badge I'm in sure Japan and can. have it shipped here and we can I'm sure there's a, it? But, but Toyota should offer it. Like when you're specking your crown, you should have an a, a, a clicker thing. Because I, I feel like people would pay a hundred bucks for that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it, it's the cool. Toyota's, a couple of ovals, it's fine at best. The crown, though, is a statement. It, it says, I'm cool. Look at me. Exactly. Yeah. I love the crown. So, so the I, crown is is like the sedan, like the, the high-end sedan that Toyota sells in Japan forever, right? Since yeah. the early days of, of Toyota. So I've heard the, about the crown, and now this is the first time it's coming to America, correct? Second time. So oh, the, second time. The first time we got the crown was the Toyopet crown, which oh. was the first car that Toyota brought to America. And actually, the story of the Toyopet crown is amazing because it was a colossal flop. Like, it came in... And it was just so poorly suited to American highway speeds. The head of Toyota in America sales was like, we can't sell this thing. It's a hunk of crap. We can't do anything with well, it. Because that was the, you know, the verbiage that we would use in the domestic car market back then is, oh, yeah, those Japanese cars, they can't even you know, get speed on the freeway. You're going to get run over in those things. I mean, that's what we grew <laughs> up, you know, hearing and, and talking about and probably directly from that experience. Yeah, it was briefly true. I also heard that they wanted to prove its value by doing an endurance run from like LA to New York and it got to Las Vegas. <laughs> so it was a disaster. But it's a we little had, bit different today, I would say. They, they, they might have their stuff put together a little better. They but. have learned a lot. We actually had crowns in America until 72 and then they kept up in Japan and they're amazing. Like crowns from the 70s in Japan are fantastic looking things. They're really cool cars. But we never got them. So and- why is there a Toyo pet? I've, I've wondered this myself too. Is it like another division of Toyota? That's uh, I'm, I'm confused. Help me. Here. Yeah, it was. It was. So actually, they picked that name when it was, uh, you know, because it was Akio Toyoda with a D. They knew mm-hmm. they wanted to name it um, after him, but th- I think they originally put pet in the name because they thought it would have an endearing quality. I think it was literally from oh, like really? a pet, and that's why they were. Thinking I, th- about I think they're right. Pet. There's something about Toya Pet that just I, I just, like it. I love it. It's a funny. I went, when I was at the Yokohama Hot Rod Show, and they had these like custom Toyo Pets. I just thought that was like 
perfectly Japanese. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't know. There's something uh, really warm about the name. The Japanese have an ability. They ha there's a certain security they have with themselves that lets them name things in friendly, cute ways. Like the fact yes. that the 280Zs were known as the Fair Lady. The Fair Can lady. you imagine? I love that. Are in America being called the Fair Lady, but it's perfect because it is a Fair Lady. It's like. <laughs> and meanwhile, meanwhile over here we call our cars the Hellcats and demons, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and like it's a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous. Like they, they, they don't give a shit. They, they, they're happy naming it something kind of friendly and sweet, and it's fine. They're not all weird about uh, it. Yeah, at least those are names and not some alphanumeric uh, garbage. Yes, uh, true. Uh, yeah. So I'll take a name any day. Right? Me too. But yeah, I always liked the name Fair Lady. I thought it was great. I, me too. No, nope. Crown's a good name too. Crown's fun. So it's going to replace like the Avalon. So it's going to ah. be top of the Toyota line you know blurry edge blow uh and is this the same crossover type sedan they're selling in japan is it the same thing now same th other than other than the badge and the japanese one has an led light strip between the lights that somehow mm -hmm. couldn't federalize which is crazy also um it's the same car so it'll be huh. for the first time in a long long time we'll have crown parody the steering wheel on the left hand side though I think, yeah, with a belt. Okay. It's a belt. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Oh, no, I'm excited about that. The crown is a legendary, you know, the, the crown is, it, it's always sort of been this classy, you know, a, you know, stately sedan that we never got. Well, that for the longest time we didn't get. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been half a century it's, to be fair, 72. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been a while. It has been a while. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that back. All right. Well, that's great. Torch. Um, so, so. Also, from there, the reason I had to get up so early and drive three hours is because I went from there to Valvoline, and at Valvoline, I handmade a, for David, our own David Tracer. So, David, you know, he has that what? Nash Metropolitan that's part yeah. of the He wants to get it going again when he gets out to L.A., but he wants special oil for it because it's an old engine so he wants a super high zinc oil that you literally cannot buy on store shelves he wants so much zinc so i went really? to valvoline i I'm made him six quarts of spoke fancy ass the best handmade oil you can get and it's got two thousand parts per million of zinc which is way higher than anybody else has it's made of a base oil that's the top quality it's dyed purple bow you'll like that wow i love it already this is wait, wait, custom purple oil. I'm yes. in love. The I'm pumped. How's Valvoline the oil? Yeah. I call the batch Metro Magic in honor of David's Metropolitan, and it's a special Valvoline oil that will only exist in David's car. Twenty W fifty. It's some wait, thick stuff. Wait, oh, yes. I, I am actually blown away by this. Wait, how did? How are you able to mix your own batch of oil? How, first of all, is this like something Valvoline does? I mean, what's what well, are we talking they about? do it for racing? They do it for racing. So I'm about positive it's the first time they've done it for a Nash Metropolitan. But <laughs> if you're a big racing client, they'll do it. So I went to their lab. They have a lab facility in Lexington, Kentucky. Met a great scientist there, uh, to some multiple great scientists, and they have walked me through the process. And you can ha you have like a base oil, and there's different grades of that. And they taught me about that, and I learned that the viscosity of an oil, the thickness, all has to do with how it's all. 
once you get down to the molecular level, it's all mechanical. Like the reason an oil is thicker is because these chains of carbons are just longer and they just don't, they get in each other's way when they flow. So picture the difference between a bunch of bowling balls flowing down a river and a bunch of huge logs. The logs are going to bounce into each other and be slower. The bowling balls will just kind of flow. That's all that's going on. So a ah. 2050 oil just has a longer chain of carbons. So we dug into all this other science. We had a great base oil. The It's a class four, which is like the best kind you can have. So it already starts with really good oil. They have their secret additives, the Valvoline secret sauce. Mm. Then I added my extra huge amount of zinc. And then we added the coloring and some anti-foaming agents. Oh, here. this is great. I will it's, never change my oil. It's going to be a 10,000 mile oil change interval on this Nash. Well, yeah. I am surprisingly just entranced by this. You know, this, yeah, this is that's how I felt. I didn't well, realize it'd be so interesting, but it is. It's surprisingly interesting. Yeah. Anyway. So, so, David, though, in your wisdom, I got to hear on this side, like, yeah. what do you need the extra zinc for? And how do you know that you need it? This is all cool information. So the old cars, uh, they don't have, so they've got flat tappets, which means there's not like a roller. Um, but the camshaft, uh, uh, the, the, the lifters are flat. And, and so the camshaft is basically riding against a piece of flat metal instead of something that is rolling. So usually you uh, older cars have zinc and that sort of softens that interface between the cam lobe and the flat piece of metal. Uh, right. It is thought that modern cars, because they have a roller, uh, they don't have as uh, sort of aggressive of an interface, so they don't need as much zinc. So you know modern oils it? don't modern oils don't have as much zinc because it can affect your catalytic converter efficiency. It can actually ruin your catalytic converter if you have too much. Ah. So old timers who have old cars with flat tappets, they all say you have to have lots of zinc and they'll use like diesel oils to get the zinc. They'll use like Shell Rotella to get the zinc so or the they'll buy Valvoline's, uh, I think VR1 it's called, racing oil. It's expensive, it's expensive, but has a lot of zinc. It's, it's a really contentious issue, by the way, on this website. Have you ever heard of Bob's the Oil Guy? Have you heard of this website? But no, but I think I like them already. It is the most incredible website on the internet. And I'm going to, I will be writing a, a deep dive on it on the Autopian at some point, or someone will be. It is a website that is visited by tens of thousands of people who just want to talk to each other about motor oil. That's it. They just <laughs> want to talk about motor oil. Well, after hearing this, I can understand why. Yeah. So, David, oh. they call it a sacrificial layer of the zinc there's like a specific name and an idea for this layer of zinc that gets built up is the sacrificial layer and it can get you know and it's designed to come off and be replenished and they also gave a great analogy for oil as a garbage bag like a good oil will trap the crap in your motor and hold it in and this is why you you change oil but a good oil will be able to take all this crap and still be a good lubricant at the same time yeah and that's yeah, a right. very complex thing to do but David, this oil I made for you, oh, it's going to be good. You're going to oh, see. I'm, I'm, you just I can't add zinc to oil, huh? It's got to be done in the process. There's a process. There's stirring and there's heat and there's all kinds of things mm. they do. And there's, I mean, there is zinc additive that you can buy from the store and add it, you know, but. Um, but it's not no, the same. I, it, no, clearly. I, I'm, I'm very pumped about this. Home cooked oil. This is going to be the stuff. Mm. You're going to love it. Oh, all right. Okay. So that's what Jason's been up to. That's a very long intro there, Torch. But, uh, you know, this is important stuff that you're up to. All yeah. right. Let's 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 talk about what we're going to discuss today. Um, it, we're going to talk about camper vans, specifically Ford announced an exciting Yay. one. Um, we're going to talk about a uh, 
Uh, speaking of sleeping in vehicles, uh, we're going to talk about a, a ground a groundhog that is uh, is ruining my life. Um, then we're going to talk about some stories that have done well on the Autopian this week, um, including a rant from Jason Dorchinsky about glove box release buttons on infotainment screens. I'm so so, so ready to rant about that. All Ooh. right, get, get, keep keep it together, Torch. All You're right, here at live. All right, so okay, um, let's talk about this new ford transit trail uh because it's it is kind of well it's pretty much exactly what i've been saying some automaker needs to come out with like for probably the last like five years if you had asked me if you were an automaker and if you were a product planner what would you come out with right now like what would it be i would have said some kind of some sort of like van that you could easily make your own you know and not like for like um uh, a business, but like for just some young kid who wants to own something and camp in it and, you know, do their own thing with it. And so there's the Ford Transit Trail. I'm going to pull it up. And, um, you know, I, I wonder if you have any thoughts here, Bo, being the uh, prolific I've, Ford man. I've, I've got a lot of thoughts. I'm incredibly excited about this product because uh, I completely agree with you. You know, I grew up uh, with Vans. Galpin was very involved with Vans from before I was born until now. Uh, we were big in the conversion van industry. And uh, if we had this thing back then, we would have been building these for off-road as well. Because having uh, uh, all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive uh, uh, when you're, you know, supposed to be going off trails and uh, things is very important. And I, I, I think this is a... To your point, an incredible product that why did it take so long? It seems so obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. it really does. Well, Torch has been clamoring for something like this for the longest time, mostly from the Volkswagen side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, VW had their synchro vans, the Type 2 synchros that were the four-wheel drive uh, camper vans. And, you know, they, uh, so, and, I mean, Volkswagen has had like a compact, campable van for a long time. And in the I U.S.? No, not in the U.S. It's ridiculous that the ones that like the one David and I spent 24 hours in should have been sold here years totally. ago. They just and given up money. Just giving up money. Even if it had to sell for like 80 grand, like they said, people would have bought it because there's nothing like it. It's a camper. You could drive to the grocery store and park like normal. It's I don't understand why they haven't done it. So Ford should come in here and eat their lunch that they're not eating because it's a good idea. It's such a good idea. Yeah, it really is. I, I had an old friend come by and he showed me a new transit or actually he wants to do it on a transit platform. It's on a Sprinter now, the new, uh, basically a, a motor home that's in, you know, it's compacted in this size and it's uh, mostly electric uh, rather than going with uh, generators. Uh, and the whole idea is they've got enough battery power so you can go completely off the grid for at least two and a half days. It's pretty good. And, yeah, which is, yeah, actually not not bad at all. And to be able to do that, I mean, and take this thing off road, to me, that's like the extra ingredient that it really needs. Um, yeah. Because then you can really kind of go anywhere, which is kind of the point of these things, right? And um, the point. Yep. Yeah. Just drive somewhere and park your little house there and then enjoy it. It's perfect. Uh, so, have you, okay, so Torch has slept in, have you ever slept in a car, Bo? Oh my gosh, of course. I oh, don't yeah. even know how many times. <laughs> I was young once, I had you a know, life. Sleeping in a car is just drink. classic. <laughs> it is. And I, feel, I feel like if anyone listening to this has yet to sleep in a car, you should just do it. 
And you don't need a special car. I did it in a two-door BMW. Remember the two series? I remember that story. Yeah. Did I, you fold the seat? Were your legs exactly. in the trunk? Yeah. I put my legs in the trunk and oh, I Oh, that down. works great. It worked great. <laughs> exactly. It was totally fine. A little cold. But other than that, it worked great. If you pick the right time of year, totally fine way to do it. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. You know, there was a time. You remember at, at Jalopnik, there was a time when no matter what we wrote, if it involved a human being sleeping in a vehicle, yeah. it would go viral. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this concept, but it didn't matter what we wrote. If no. in the headline we communicated that a human being slept in a vehicle, the whole world would read the article. I still don't quite get it. That's a great question. You, you the, the male Jeep is the one that amazes me because that never seemed that comfortable to sleep in. Because the dimensions, you could you lay down in that thing? Dude, I don't need a whole lot of comfort. The postal Jeep, when I, this postal Jeep that I, you know, it was a bit of a junker. I drove it from Michigan to Moab and back for a series of stories I wrote at the old site. And um, on the way back, I just wanted to get home. So I just, just basically drove for like 14 hours a day. And then I would sleep for a couple of hours. And to sleep, what I would do is just shut the car off. I would just grab the sleeping bag which was to my left because it was a right-hand drive. I did this, the, the, there was a blanket. And it was always there. I just grabbed the blanket, put it over my legs and just leaned to the side. And I just went to sleep in the driver's seat for like four nights in a row. <laughs> Explain so you just like, never left the it? driver's seat for two, two or three days. Is that it? That's correct. Yes. It, it was to the point where I once pulled into a fuel station. This is my favorite. Uh, and I was a little bit tired because the sleep that we're, you know, sleeping in the driver's seat, just leaning over the side, not the best sleep. So no. you're going to have to sleep, get a couple of naps in. So I pull up to this. It was in it was in rural Michigan. I pull up to a gas pump, turn the car off. And as soon as I turn the car off, I just go to sleep like I just fall asleep. <laughs> uh, but it's just a nap. And then, you know, five minutes later, I get up and I fuel up the, the Jeep and the guy at the fuel pump across across from me. I was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, um, I just called the police on you. I was like, that's a strange way to greet someone. That's very bizarre. <laughs> and then he just left. And um, well, before he left, he was like, look, I saw you fall asleep as soon as you stopped your car. And I I figured there must have been some sort of health condition. So I called the police. I'm like, I thought you died. I'm like, if you thought I died, why don't you just knock on the window and see if something's okay, if you could help or something. I don't know. Because anyway, you're yeah. scary. That's why, David. I, At that should've... point, I was. I really was. I was wearing pajamas. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> then he had to explain to the cops that he wasn't, like, just homeless and living in the male Jeep. Yeah. it's. Uh, it was your bunny pajamas as well, I bet. No, I, I wish it if it had been my if it had been some onesies, oh, that would have been great. Okay. I've seen David fall asleep like that too, and it is kind of alarming. Like they <laughs> shut off, he shuts off and he just drops. <laughs> like shutting off a computer. Like, yeah, it no, is. Like, it, it, it actually it takes longer to shut down a computer than you do a shutdown thing. David just cuts power and then it just. <laughs> you know what, Torch? I actually, you know, what, <laughs> almost as bad as that is that trip I took in my Land Cruiser. Toyota Land Cruiser is a big car, and it was like a 2002 LX470, really big. You would think that it would be big inside, but it turns out that it just isn't. And to sleep yeah. in it, you have to take the second row out because it's just too short. Otherwise, yeah. I was too lazy to do that. So for three weeks, I just slept in the second row seat, just on the bench with the window open, my, my legs out the window. Uh, <laughs> David, anyway. David, David, David. Yeah.
All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> you know what this kind of leads into, David, is your other story about uh, the cars you choose to drive. Yes, we'll get to that in a sec. First, I'm oh, there this. he is. Look at that guy. Cute little groundhog. Right? Why does everybody want me to kill this groundhog? It's the cutest why, thing why ever. Kill it? What the right? hell are you talking about? It, that's what I'm saying. They're like, oh, it's a pest. It'll ruin your wiring. I'm not going to shoot something because it wants to choose some adorable. wiring. It's adorable. Exactly. He did eat a lot of your wiring, though. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, but he did ador- adorably. It yeah, really is. It's a little ball of fur. Yeah. <laughs> it is trying to kill me. There's no question about it. Oh, Look, it, I just love this guy now. It made a nest against my catalytic converter. That's a thousand <laughs> degrees. Of all places, it is trying to set my car on fire. There's no question. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Oh, and then it chewed the wire. awesome. Chewed my uh my brake light wire. It chewed up <laughs> my ignition coil wire. It also chewed up my... uh, uh took a dump on my engine. Look at that. Took a dump <laughs> on the top of my engine. Is that what Groundhog Scat looks like? This is my new favorite animal. Yeah, he's great. So, but yeah. we were talking about maybe he's going to be the new Autopian mascot. And oh, make some shirts with the little wire chewing. Uh, It'd be perfect. Yeah, I'm going to draw some stuff up because look, he okay. chewed up a whole bunch of holes. <laughs> look at that guy. He is pretty cute. He's a anyway. I'm a fan of him, know. even though he he is the reason why my uh, turn signals, my left turn signal, and my windshield wipers don't work. Well, uh, thank you for not murdering our mascot. We appreciate yeah, that's that. Right. Did he eat that whole length of hose, David? That's like 14 inches of hose. That is. I actually don't understand how it, he ate that much. What do they normally eat? Maybe you should bring in some food. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's that's a good point. I mean, they, they're rodents. They like to chew, but the rubber, maybe he just ate that rubber. Maybe. Have you tried it? Is it good? Mm, no, I have not. Okay, this brings me to um, the <laughs> final thing about me, because we're talking about me too much. So, um... This is a story I wrote about, uh, you know how, so I have a lot of cars and people often ask, how do you choose which of your 10 cars to drive? And I found out the one that's running. (laughs) That's actually important. Of course, the one that's running, the one that's like easiest to get out of the driveway, but if they're all running and they're all easy to get out of the driveway, do you just choose it random or do you just choose the one you want to drive? And I always thought that I would just drive the car. That's the most fun, but Last summer, I was driving the Lexus and I was finding myself in this Lexus like 75% of the time. And I don't even like the car. It's boring. It's an automatic four-speed slush box, extremely slow, weighs 5,200 pounds. But I kept driving it and I just didn't know why until one day I was driving. I was like, what am I doing in this car? And I think it's possible that I'm getting old and my body's saying these rattle traps that you own, you, you can't keep driving them. I don't know, but I sold it and bought a 65 Valiant. Yeah, that's all of it. That'll relieve that temptation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what I do. I don't really have for my personal cars. I don't have anything that's that comfortable, really. But I mean, I don't know, but I I'm actually always like even in the POW. I'm never uncomfortable. What about you, Bo? You you often drive that 911, right? You, and that's... you did. You, you hit the big three. is that what you're trying to say? You're getting old. Is that what I heard? Is well, that... I don't know why. I mean, why else would I be? instinctively grabbing the key to a car I'm not that interested in, you know? Ease. I think it is about comfort. Is it easy? Is it just easier in any way, David? I never thought I cared about comfort, but, you know, I don't think I get to make that choice. Well, I I think you're right. I think it's your body. I think after all this punishment and all that you just described doing to it, it's like, just give me a freaking break, will you? True. Just... Just, just, just let me relax for a couple minutes here, David, and and just <laughs> yeah. ease off on shit. 
Don't so, make me folded with my legs out a window. Yeah, it's it's just terrible what you're describing what you do yourself. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, I mean, I actually fall into this trap myself because I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. I can drive all these, you know, crazy exotic cars if I wanted to. We've got, you know, I got, I got like, a, it's like literally a dream come true over here. Um, and I end up going to my same car and driving it and because uh, uh, it's easy and it's not always like the funnest car to drive. Now, I do have the 911, so that is like, that's the kind of best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'll find out, you know, why aren't I driving more cars? It's just because I just do what's easy. And that's what it sounds like you're doing. Part of the human condition. What is your go-to one, Bo? Is it the Bronco? Uh, Bronco's the other one, yeah. Yeah. Th- those are the those are my main uh, two. So I think pretty, that is part of the human lucky. condition. It's like keep <laughs> things quiet, keep vibrations down, you know, just don't get bothered by stuff. Well, that is why they spend billions of dollars making these cars quieter and more comfortable. And that's why people pay the all the money for these Luxo rides. Yeah, so, maybe this is a it's little just bit of comfort. A they all go to A to B, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You're getting there the exact same. But yeah, maybe now in your views, David, you'll have a little more sympathy for the the boring people out there who just want <laughs> don't want to be miserable all the time. Yeah, I know. It all is. right, let's uh, talk about some other stories that uh, did quite well on the Utopian. Oh, um, amazing. This one, I. I'm still trying to understand this. You guys have to explain this to me. Okay, so so you know how on uh, some cars, uh, I think Dodge, no, Ram had it since like 05. They call it multi-displacement system. Basically, they just turn off certain cylinders. I think Ford does that too, right? We're like- um, I thought it was General Motors. GM pioneered GM it definitely the does. They were GM, the first. Yeah. Okay, they were first. Okay, Dodge, has, Ram has done it a long time too. Basically, it's cylinder deactivation. You just turn off some cylinders and increase your efficiency. Um. And, well, typically this is done with, like, you know, fancy actuators in the valve train. But um, this dude, this YouTuber, just took the top of his engine apart <laughs> and he removed the um, the rockers, the rocker arms that typically actuate the valves. And so he just <laughs> and he what he did is. He tried to see how few cylinders he could drive on and if he got better fuel economy with three cylinders, two cylinders, and one cylinder. Amazing. I'm amazing. Okay, well, that's a good experiment. I was wondering it, why the hell he did this. It's a great experiment. Robot Cantina uh, is the YouTuber. Um, and mm-hmm. you, you just got to check it out because it's, I don't want to give it away, but it's just madness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It is astoundingly good. Can you give it a little bit away? I know you want, uh, you want people to go to let me just say Let me just say it isn't as <laughs> there's a reason. We're why trying to do a are, show here, David. You know, just yeah, give them some yeah, information. Yeah, we can tell them. They can no, still read fair. it. I think it's <laughs> I think it's still worth it. Look, there's a reason why people aren't tearing tearing the rocker arms out of their 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 <laughs> engines. Like it's it's not good. The drivability becomes a nightmare, and uh, the fuel economy actually not great. It, there's actually zero value. Worse, it actually wow. got worse fuel economy with like two and one cylinder than it did with. I think was there a slight advantage to three over four? It was all very. It was similar. It was like the point is you're losing so much power and yeah. your fuel economy is not going up. It's. I'm amazed it yeah. ran on one. To be honest, yeah, that seems incredible to me that you could actually get it to run and do something on one cylinder. 
it must have been I mean I, I think I love that the guy did that experiment I think it's brilliant and right. it, was it a stick shift oh like a five speed or, or was it an automatic uh oh I think it, it was a five speed it was five it speed. Was a, yeah so, so do you have to like shift it like to did I see like fourth was, was that like the only gear he was using oh like, yeah the, the the gear <laughs> yeah there was no like you can't go into fifth gear with one cylinder you no. just have yeah. zero power yeah uh yeah anyway it's it's hilarious and I'm glad people find it as amusing as we do um all right I'm gonna Briefly mentioned that I was uh, in O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, last week and I met a gentleman from Monroe and Associates who owns one of one. He, he owns two of 200 Chrysler Aspen slash Dodge. Yes, he owns one percent. He owns one percent of the Dodge Durango hybrids. Wow. In the world, <laughs> which it's pretty cool. I mean, I realize it's a Dodge Durango hybrid, but it's a it's way cooler car than you could imagine, I think. Anyway. I feel like I could imagine a cooler car, but keep going. <laughs> well, get in a stretch. Yeah. Uh, see, here, the cool thing about this is there was a partnership between BMW, Mercedes, and, and Chrysler. Oh, GM, Daimler, obviously Mercedes and Chrysler was to get, were together. So yeah. GM, Daimler, Chrysler, and BMW all came together to build this transmission that had electric motors in it. This hybrid system was great. Anyway, we need to get to the exciting thing that Torch is fuming about. Okay. Wait, are you skipping stories on me now? Are you rushing through that? Okay. All right. Well, Torch is fuming over here, okay? I am. I, I can actually see the steam coming out of his ear. I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is important. I want to make a big deal out of this because, all right, let me just explain the situation here. Uh, the Cadillac Lyric was released. Um, and I f it's some of the examples of it have been going out to various YouTubers and people. So we've been starting to see more features of it. And one of the features that we happened to see was how the glove box gets open. And very high tech, very high tech. It gets open. You navigate to a menu on the center stack <laughs> touch screen and you find the icon that says glove box release. And that's how you open the glove box. This is the worst possible way to open a glove box. It's idiotic. And also, I should mention Tesla Model 3s have been doing it this way too. We have to navigate to it. This could be multiple steps. If you're run, if you're on this lyric and you have like CarPlay or Android Auto up, you have to get out of that, then get to some main menu, and then get from the main menu to a sub menu, all to open the fucking glove box. It <laughs> drives me insane. Who wanted this? Who was out there saying, I love using my glove box. I just wish it was a much bigger pain in the ass to open. And it gets worse because a reader posted a comment that said in the owner's manual, it's worse. So I found the owner's manual and I looked it up and the lyric will only let you open the glove box when the car is stationary. What? Exactly. Why? Why? Why does any of this exist? I would say right now, before the, too many lyrics get out, the, the right thing for GM to do would be to recall all these fucking cars, crush them and start over. It, it's it's it's. There's no good reason for this. This is it's worse than a solution looking for a problem because it makes more problems. Cop pulls you over. They say, turn off your car. Give me your, your license or registration. Then you have to explain to the cop. Actually, I need to turn my car back on because it's the only way I can open my fucking club. 
<laughs> have fun explaining that to an already pissed off cop. You, you, there's so many reasons why you just want to open. What if you leave someone in the car and you take the key and you turn it off and you run into the store and they need to get something out of there or you're in a wreck? What if the battery dies? Everything there's there is. If there's a benefit to this, I it's completely lost in me. I would <laughs> love any of you to explain to me why this is a good thing. And now I just found out in addition, let's say you're driving down the road and you had something in the glove box. The person next to you can't get it for you. Is they that what I'm hearing? Yes. No, they can't until you stop. You have to stop and then stop and not be moving. And then the person can get it out. So why would you put something in your glove box? I think it's pretty, it, it's probably the case that if someone is in the passenger seat, it, it, it allows you to do it. That's, that's the case for a lot of functions. David, read what the owner's manual says. Just read me verbatim what it says. Okay, fine. I okay, sent it on, to me, you. Let's, let let's bring, bring up that owner's manual. <coughs> oh, okay, I let's do it. I understand what you're saying, and I think it's sweet that you're trying to carry some water for GM here. But here's what it says. To open the glove box, the vehicle must be stationary. That can't be Period. real. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Okay. Get to the those, that is the most absurd sentence <laughs> I've ever seen in yes. automotive history. <laughs> to open the glove box, the vehicle must that is I can't believe that that was uttered How? by an automaker. How? What? How did they not test this? How did they go through any kind of testing this car and people not immediately saying, what the fuck are you doing? How did you ruin glove boxes? Uh, are we calling this the world's worst feature? Is this this might be, you know, up, be. up there with the with the baby hammock for the, the rear window? The baby hammock, you can at least see how somebody was thinking. Like maybe it made sense. This doesn't even make sense. You're that's true. That's true. Worse than endangering a child. That's what this means. I think it's more poorly thought out. Like, like I get, can it be cheaper? A glove box latches feel very solved. Like that problem, I feel like they can, like how expensive could a glove box latch be? Plus this has to have some kind of motor or actuator. It has to have software to do it. Like how, I, how is this better? How you know is what I would love? I would love for, so the, uh, which car is this in? The Lyric. The Lyric. I would love for someone to G, from GM to just explain to us. Yeah, please. Because there is a reason. There's obviously a reason. Maybe. But is it the, you know, part of the glove box wars, you know, like the tailgate wars? Those, who, could, who could have the coolest, most high-tech glove box in the industry? Is that is that what we're talking about? I mean, the, the high-tech stuff for the sake of high-tech stuff is, is definitely in nowadays. Yeah, but there's got to be a lit. We have this is important for us to call out because it's up to us to put our foot down. That's and true. Say, Stop. No, do not do this. Nobody wants this. Nobody's life is being made better. You're actively making things worse. GM has to stop. If there's a justification that they want to tell us, I'm happy to listen, but I cannot imagine what that No, to be. your well, point, I'd love to hear what they have to say because what is what were they thinking? Good Lord. I don't know. Torch, I, yeah. where, where is this a slippery slope? Like, where could this lead us? I think it is a slippery slope because as soon as if we accept that they're going to do things like 
glove box can be, you know, it has to go through a menu. We can get to door handles, like anything. If it's somehow this becomes normal, trunk lids, door handles, anything that you can interact with, you're going to have to get to through a menu and maybe they want to lock you out of it more places or through an over the air update. It's not going to work. Or what if they started selling you a subscription to your own glove box? <laughs> That's why they're doing it. There, you nailed it. We and found the reason. Gonna be fucked. You're going to have to charge you a dollar a month. It's going to happen. And it's, it, we, it, we have to say no. That you can't. I'm with you. This is. I'm. I'm going to come out and say this is. Nobody buy a lyric. Don't buy one. I don't care how pretty they are. They are. Well, this, pretty. this is why we don't have a Cadillac franchise. It's. It's good. this glove box issue right here. <laughs> That's good. Don't buy one because if it has this, you deserve better. I don't care who you are. You deserve better than than this. You can be. Yeah. Well, dead. man, brother. I'm just looking forward to the software hack that someone is going to have to make for this glove box. <laughs> yeah. It's, so you yeah could you? It? I mean, I guess you could disable it, but think of the work it would take to disable. And you know what? Here's the other thing. There's probably an emergency release on this glove box somewhere. Like just in case there's some, what if your insulin's in there? But there may be an emergency release, which means it's possible they did build a physical release for this glove box that's somewhere in that system. And and it has, I don't know, everything. I'll bet it does not have an emergency release. It may, maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's for, yeah, I think maybe for a trunk which yeah, also you have to do a menu to open your trunk. Uh, but yeah, I guess to your point, it, don't put your insulin in the glove box. I guess not. Anything. Anything. Dies, every, it's just all of it. It's it, like, that's where people keep things like those little battery charge jump box things. That's where you would keep it. Yes. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. GM, please contact us and explain yourselves because I'm you're on my list anybody know a designer from gm we just we'll find one, one. we yes. actually just had a nice conversation with gm our publisher matt told us and we're in very good we're on good terms now so uh <laughs> i'm gonna get no, it we, we, we no i mean we we have uh, obviously we we like gm generally but of course just There's like, all kinds of things I like about GM, but I that just because like look, if I had a friend who I could see was doing something horrible with their life, I would want to call them out and tell them. That's why David's no longer on fentanyl. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. This is this is worse than fentanyl. This is worse. <laughs> it is. This is I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, <laughs> and this needs an intervention. So this is it. GM, stop. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on this episode of the Autopian Podcast, where we discussed Ford's exciting new camper eh, and a bunch of stories that did well on the Autopian, including Torch's rant about this Cadillac glove box that you literally have to be stopped to, to open. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe. Uh, Please. We are going to be bringing on Kevin Williams, a car journalist. We're going to talk about used cars in this next episode. Ooh, I love so these definitely, cars. Oh yeah, so definitely join us for that. Thanks everybody. Thank like you. Like and subscribe. <laughs>